This episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast is sponsored by Rode Microphones. All of our sound here on the show is powered by and recorded with Rode, from our pod mics to our Rodecaster Pro interfaces. We trust Rode to deliver the best sounding quality to you, our listeners. Speaking of you wonderful listeners, most of you are either photographers, content creators, visual artists. We want you to amplify your creative vision with Rode and get yourself cutting edge microphones and audio gear that will boost the ease at which you can create content, record audio for reels, TikToks, and more. Recording live on location has never been more affordable and easy. I personally also have the Rode Wireless Go Mic, which is an ultra-compact wireless microphone system where the receiver connects direct into my camera body. I plug it in with my Rode Lavalier mic, and I am recording video with pristine audio quality when I'm out in the field with minimal setup. You can check out their Wireless Go Mic and all of their other range of products to suit your unique needs as a creator by visiting their website, which is clickable in the episode description. Now, let's get into today's episode. Funny enough, though, Aaron, I actually just made probably the best meal of all time. It took me, Haley, probably, I think it took us an hour and a half. We got festive. It was stuffed acorn squashes. Oh, wow. Walnuts and cranberries and celery and grilled onions and apples, wild rice. It was freaking amazing. It was the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. Holy Christmas. Yeah, but it was well-deserved because I've been editing for probably eight hours today. Client work, like yeah, just some small commercial stuff. It came in all, it's just like it happens all at once or it doesn't happen at all, you know, that type of thing. Yep, I do. So, but I actually have an interesting story about this. I won't disclose too much information just because, but I was shooting a gym in someone's basement. They're trying to start a personal or I guess not start, but they already have, they're trying to grow um, a personal fitness business and like a massage therapy business out of their house. Mm -hmm. So I got, get called there to, or we scheduled for me to come and shoot. And uh, I get there and the ceiling is unfinished in the basement where the gym is. So there's rafters and and plumbing and electrical wires and, and all this stuff that I had no idea about. Okay, uh-huh. I've driven an hour and a half to get to this place. Would have been useful information. Yeah, probably would have been useful to know, right? Or maybe, hey, call me when your ceiling's done. Because right. you, you can't crop that. You can't hide that out. Eight, seven, <laughs> seven or eight foot ceilings. Yeah. So I was like, oh my, like instant panic, right? Just like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't build this guy's ceiling in, in 30 minutes. Right. I can't Photoshop a ceiling in. Right. So it was like for the first time in a while on a shoot where I had a brief moment of panic Hmm. because even though the person maybe knows that their ceiling isn't done, they're still expecting, it's classic, right? Still expecting premium shots. Are they though? How? Well, Maybe, okay, well, this is interesting. Let's get into this maybe before we get into the episode. Because, like, for me, after that brief moment of, holy shit, what am I going to do to make mm-hmm. this look good? I, 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 did, I did a weird thing. I would pick a random spot in the room, and I would say, you're going to stand there and decide how, with your Zoom, mm. you're going to make a shot look good. Despite right. 
the horrible card you've been dealt, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, and, that's my that's where my head went. Like right? time to change the angles. I had yeah. all this envisioned of what I wanted, but time to start over. On the fly. Yeah, I mean, because like what what was I gonna do? Just like, uh, I can't do it and go home. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. right. No. So I thought it would be an interesting story to share. I just finished editing them. And also because understanding that your bar for quality might not be the same as your clients. Yeah. And what I mean by that is putting aside what you think is awful or not very good to just satisfy their want. Yeah. And I mean, what I'm learning from this or hearing is the, you can plan, 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 and some more planning. Right. And you cannot control the uncontrollable. Right. So you have to be ready to pivot through life as, again, as like the weather changes and not freak out that it's not going as planned. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like be able to move and get it done. If you've had a freak out moment and decide like I'm going home because what I envisioned in my head was mm-hmm. not possible. Now you're you're taking money away from you because alone, even if you had came back, you, you have to drive twice as much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows what else happens in that time? So to be able to pivot and, and nail it is a, that's a strong... Great fortitude, great fortitude. So, so a couple of things that went through my mind before we move on here was just one, you know, radical accountability. We talked about that. I should have asked for photos of the space, mm-hmm. you know, like that's on me. So moving forward, of course, now talk about learning from mistakes. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah, a big one. A one. Mm-hmm. Always ask your client for some iPhone photos of the place before you get there. Yeah. Save yourself some time. Cause I could have just said, I could have set expectations before I even arrived on scene. Or I could have said, you know, this, call me back when your ceiling's done. Right. So there was that. Two was in that very, 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 very brief moment of holy shit, what am I going to do? I guess minor panic, if you will. Um, this is a photo shoot, <laughs> you know, it's really not that big of a deal at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Two hours out of your day. Yeah. There's a million other clients. And then. Third was finding a way to set realistic realistic expectations for this individual, but then also, hey, I should come back again when your ceiling's done. Not yeah. in like a scummy way, but this is a business. Why not generate more opportunities for yourself? Right. That's a great point. Like we can do before and afters. Yep. You know, you can, you can promote the renovation of your space. Turning mm-hmm. a real unfortunate, well, not real unfortunate, but a less than ideal situation into more revenue mm-hmm. and a positive, I guess, for both. Anyways, yeah. I thought I'd share that to start no, our episode. It's cool. And it, it changes the, um, it changes the, the eye, it changes the angles, I would imagine, where you're like, okay, I want to, I want to capture this whole, you know, this whole gym, um, maybe some wide angle stuff, show the whole space. And then your mind changes to, oh, well, now I'm going to get in tight on some of the machines maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, 
maybe more up down angles or yeah uptight just, you're right yeah and changing those like things those up so close you, full frame of the yeah. uh of bikes and stuff yeah yep so now you have that stuff that you may have missed had there been a ceiling yep. because it I went right put to you that. out of your comfort zone you know mm-hmm. it took you out of the 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 norm the plan and i think sometimes that's really valuable we've talked about that at a, a popular spot you know a pull-off spot mm-hmm. uh oh i don't want to shoot where everyone's shooting but mm-hmm. if no one were here i would shoot right here if right. no one were here i would shoot right here because it's it's great but now that everyone's here i need to kind of think outside of the box and it's forcing me to find my own spot and find my own angle that's slightly yeah. different than what everyone's doing I think so, we talked about that in the episode with Sapna Reddy and the one after it. Yeah, yeah. I think we had some yeah, conflicting views on that, but that's all right. Um, not you and I, but Sapna and myself. No, um, I did too. Yeah. Did too. Here's another. Bit. I'm going to let you in on a dirty secret too. Oh boy. This is this is. <laughs> everyone brace brace themselves, okay? Brace yourself. This was the first shoot at. So first of all, I mean, some backstory. So I said it was a massage therapy clinic and a gym. Or personal oh, yeah. training, look fitness center out of someone's house, mm-hmm. gym in the basement, um, massage therapy upstairs. Really, mm-hmm. massage therapy space, really, really, really nice sauna, indoor sauna, um, a really, really nice table. But it was in a room that was so small, right? And the lowest focal length I have is twenty four. Mm-hmm. So another oh fuck moment. Because I couldn't get all the stuff in frame. Yeah. I don't have a wide angle. I'm like, oh my God. I've never run into this problem, right? Mm-hmm. I pulled out my iPhone. <gasps> no, you did not. I did. I went with the iPhone 0.5X, the oh fish up, the wide God. angle. Mm-hmm. Captured the whole room. Threw her into threw it into Lightroom. They look great. Awesome. They look great. So don't hate on the iPhone. This is iPhone, I think, 11. Yeah. 11. That is nice. I enjoy it. And uh, it was actually, again, (laughs) I shot with Dave Sanford recently for the first time. It was really fun. Um, He was telling me how much he uses his iPhone for like professional photography, especially in Churchill when polar bears are close. Uh Uh-huh. He uses his iPhone all the time. Huh. All the time. And just like sometimes the dynamic range often can't be beat. Like I know it comes out JPEG. Yeah. But it's a good tool. Like the the new ones can shoot in RAW, I believe. Can they? Yeah. Anyways, don't hate on the iPhone. I I resorted to it and it just goes to show sometimes you got to think outside the box and do what might uh, go against every fiber in your body. Yeah. And... I think, you know, the sentence when polar bears are too close, that just, that's a silly sentence. <laughs> I think they're in tundra buggies. <laughs> oh my God. So. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, just even think about that. It's anyways, crazy. I'm interested in how, how the reaction to people hearing this, knowing I shot iPhone. <laughs> yeah. Well. But hey, it worked. It achieved what I needed it to achieve. And that's all that matters. I'll be sending in my resignation this week. <laughs> From the show, I can no longer associate <laughs> with you. Um, despite oh, that, what did you have planned for us today for an episode? Oh, uh, well, first I wanted to 
there's some birthdays out there i want to say happy birthday too really brooke brooke just turned something 29 okay arthur just turned something happy birthday arthur lebeau and brooke little bear okay uh liana one of their friends just turned was this a birthday crew they're in a crew because they all have birthdays close together i think so and and mine your boy he's coming up he's coming up what are you turning 26 no i'm not multiplied by 1.8 uh 40 41 nice how old do you feel 42 (laughs) (laughs) probably because your kid's wild birthday the other day oh my god you sent me a video (laughs) and um i said seth if you're on the fence of children i need you to watch this if if it's a question in your mind i need you to just watch this and then make a decision children Uh, shrieking it was only five of them at a birthday party and this was like a stadium of rugrats let me let me let me spell this out for you i had we had an hour at a trampoline park with five kids like they were so sweaty and red and hot and running and screaming for an hour they came back we were like okay you can get a you can get a cupcake back at the house it'll be quick it'll be quick the parents will want to get out of there like it it won't be a long thing uh it was hours you saw the video it was hours of kids running around what did you put in the cupcakes I don't know. Nitrous oxide, NOS. But it's just, that's just a kid. That's just what kids do. That's what five-year-olds do. They just run around and scream for no reason. Sounds They're, lovely. The, oh, oh, that, <laughs> that got me. That got me. That got me to my core. <laughs> but but yeah. it has inspired an idea you've pitched for an episode here. Yeah, so... Happy birthday to my son also. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. birthday. Yeah. Big six-year-old now. Uh, Mantis Jr. Yeah. Just reflecting on on his life. Um, One of the coolest things about a kid is just their approach to life. And then I was like, you know what? That that would be a fantastic uh, episode in terms of what can we take from the toddler to five-year-old? Uh, lifespan and apply it to our own life. And I don't suggest screaming around, you know, the office like a like a psychopath. Um, but there are some things I think we can take away from the lessons that my son has taught me in growing up um, that are just invaluable. And if anyone has like a a toddler around or a nose of one, you know, just pay attention to their their emotions and how they go through life and it. It, it can teach you a ton and to just dive into it. I think it's just a very pure take on the world. That's it. There's no, there's no interference by the stories of your parents or their fears or kids um, making fun of you or picking on you. There's no inhibition to try things or fail. The idea of failing isn't even a thing. It's not even a thing. And that's where it, like, it becomes fascinating to watch toddlers and kids go through the world and mm-hmm. figure out things. Mm-hmm. Now, 
one of my greatest memories is uh, now he's gotten a little bit older, but when he was about four, I handed him a camera, my old camera, and I put a real lens on it, my old camera, put it on auto mode, and we went for the walk, a walk in the woods. And this kid was getting into uh, just these like natural positions and moving the camera around and taking decent photos and there, and hundreds of crappy ones. Don't get me wrong, but sounds just like you, eh? Yeah. No, (laughs) no worry, no concern of like, oh, I'm sucking or this picture sucks. Right. It was just, I want this moment. Okay. I want this moment. I'm going to try this moment and moving through in the present moment. We always talk about being present and that is the, that is the example that, uh, kids have given me like Mm -hmm. just, they're so present and they're not worried about, Oh, the future, no one's going to like this. No one's going to this or the past. Like, Oh, I messed up last time. I don't want to try again. It is just currently in the moment and having fun having fun or not having fun, but being very honest with it, not finding yourself. Right. That's another point is like, they're, they're not for, if they're not having fun, they're letting you know, you know, they're not going to put on a mask. They're not going to fake it. They're going to let you know, I don't like this meal. Uh, I don't like that person. I don't want to be over here. It's too hot. Uh, it can be annoying and they don't keep things to themselves, but it's very pure. Again, it's very like honest. They're very honest with what they're feeling and it's, Mm -hmm. and they move through it that much quicker. So they can be hurt or, or upset for a minute, but you bring in the next thing like, okay, uh, that's that. Like, let's move on. They kind of just snap out of it and it, it goes through them. Like, like the weather, like just a very quick, oh, I'm upset in this moment right now. Uh, it's fading. I forget what I was upset about. Oh, there's a butterfly. And now mm-hmm. I'm happy again. Not, mm-hmm. oh, I should be upset because uh, I failed and I should I should beat myself up over this. I should be upset because my parents are upset for this long. Like there's none of that sort of rationalization that adults do with all these moments. They just kind of work through it. They just kind of let their emotions fly and work through it. Right. And I mean, obviously you, at this, no one listening can regress to a child, nor would you want to. But I think the point you're trying to make is there's elements and principles that you can take away as inspiration and apply specifically to your photography practice. And, you know, one of them for me is the idea of failure with children Like when a child is learning to walk, for example, they learn a thousand ways not to stand up, right? Yeah. They learn a thousand different ways that will land them right on their ass until they figure out the one way that will have them standing and walking forever. And for me, that's kind of the way I treat every project that's challenging that I go into is that I'm going to fall on my butt a thousand times, but if I just keep doing it and changing the approach eventually i'll learn it and figure it out to the point where i'm running and i feel like if you treat every challenge like that you're bound to you know we, i always say about how how things become if you have a way of thinking where that outcome is just inevitable there's a lot of power to that i mean think about if think about if a child quit on learning to walk like they yeah. fell down too many times and just decided nah I'm done. It's it's just not programmed. And I think getting back to that as adults, that mentality is important. 
Right. There's no fear of failure. Like how many walking's a necessity, a, a biological necessity, and it it happens at a stage where we're not worried about our success in it. We're just kind of doing it. But it's a beautiful blueprint of how it what it takes to be successful in any sort of skill. So how many people in the world have tried and said, I want to play guitar and pick it up and they give it a go for a week and they're like, ah, I'll never be able to do this. This is way too hard and put it down. Done, right? Mm-hmm. Like not thousands and thousands of failures, just a couple of hours before they're like, meh, this is not for me. Or photography or scared to mess up or scared to post something, uh, scared to, you know, try things on manual. Like that's a really good example. Like I want, I'm nervous to go to manual and, and really understand what's going on and make the mistakes tons of times, miss, miss opportunities, miss photographs, but in the process of learning something that will help you Mm -hmm. way into the future. So I think that's a beautiful blueprint in terms of uh, exactly what you're saying. So Mm -hmm. yeah, kids, God, kids are so smart. But here's the thing. They're so dumb, but they're so (laughs) Here's the thing though. Fun has to come before the thousand failures because, you know, outside of walking is a different example because that's entirely different. But if a kid's not having fun at something, they're not going to keep trying it a thousand times, Mm -hmm. right? Think of a sport like soccer or something. Some kids hate soccer and some kids love it, right? Some kids love water skiing. Some don't. I mean, and it's so what I mean by when I say fun has to come first is that you have to like it enough, whatever it may be, photography, you have to enjoy it so much that messing up a million times is all right with you. And if messing up a million times isn't all right with you, I really don't think that you have the level of passion for photography that you think you do. And that might be a hard pill to swallow, but at least you know. If you're okay with continually screwing up, learning, two steps forward, one step back, you're in the right ball game. Mhm. Mhm. And I and even before even before sports for kids, like sports for kids is around my son's age and he's starting to be influenced now by by the stories, by the the lenses of other people, you know, uh oh my my parents are going to be upset or uh oh those kids said soccer's not cool. Like they, they start to, they're starting to do this, that, that toddler just walking age is like this automatic, your brain is just, it's shut off to the noise as another, as another just great analogy. It's shut off to the noise of everything else. And it's just Tiger Woods like in, I am going to do this thing. Like I, whether it's reach the uh, jar of cookies that the toddler keeps going for, or or I'm going to stand up until I I figure this out. It's just like this automatic thing without this worry of what happens if I mess up. Mm-hmm. And that's now listen, worrying what happens when we mess up. That's a survival technique, and it's important as an adult to think about. Uh, I don't want to make a huge mistake here. I don't want to mess up. Uh, I don't want to mess up my finances. I don't want to crash my car. I don't want to do something dumb. That's Mm -hmm. that's, I don't want to go run out and play into the street. And that's the, that's the bad end of what kids do. They don't know. They don't know all the fears in the world that keeps us alive. Um, but there is that balance that fear can keep you not moving at all. 
right? Just completely stuck, afraid to mm-hmm. make any mistakes, afraid to ever get hurt, afraid to ever uh, fail uh, versus the kid that's like, I will do anything uh, and I will just keep trying. I'll keep jumping, you know, off the, off the jungle gym and maybe skin my knee, break my ankle, whatever. But I really want to be able to jump up onto this, these bars, whatever the example is. Uh, they have this sort of reckless abandon, um, which can be like motivating and pretty beautiful and pretty just pure, I think. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you really like something, your fear towards it is minimal. Does that make sense? I mean, I'll share I'll share a quick story with you. When I was probably 10, 9, or eight, between 8 and 10, my dad, for a little bit of backstory, my dad is a was a professional race car driver. Um, huh. Did Daytona 24 hours. Um, races like that, huh. Road America, 24-hour endurance racing. Um, so there's no one I feel safe in a car with. He's the only person I can actually nap in a car with driving. Hmm. Fun fact. Um, but anyways, so when I was between eight and 10 years old, he took me to a go-kart track because I was thinking about getting into go-karting, right? Um, heard the stories about him and he always talked about racing. We always watched F1 races growing up as I was growing up. And, uh, so he took me there and we're watching this race and these these two kids older than me probably 15 come around a corner their wheels lock and this one kid flips go-kart flying through the air lands right on his head out cold ambulance has come out i'm like bawling my eyes out bawling my eyes out i'm like this kid just died in front of me like literally Mm -hmm. 15 well 20 feet in front of me and uh, I'm screaming at him. I'm like, I want to go. Like, I don't want to watch this, right? Who would want to watch that? And uh, he forced me to, to stay and watch so that I understood. It was like a test, right? A litmus test. So I understood the dangers. And if I was okay with the ex- accepting it, then maybe auto racing was a sport for me. But yeah. and my point being that if you really, that's a bit of an extreme example, but if you really, 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 really are into something, your fear towards it is very minimal and your fear of making a mistake is very minimal. Like F1 drivers, they don't think about the consequences, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's a very interesting thought as well. Yeah. It's almost, it's along the lines of reduced, like reducing your inhibitions, right? Like have you ever seen a, I'm sure we all, we all have, because it's really annoying. Uh, have you ever seen a kid sing or dance in public? Right. Do, do they care who's watching? Right. Or, or what people think about them? They're, they're doing their thing. Now, is that great for all adults to be, you know, running around the mall, uh, singing and dancing? Uh, no, it, it, it's a little crazy, but for kids, it's this beautiful thing. And they have this, enormous like capacity, I guess, to just be uninhibited. And as we get older, we put up these walls, we put up these barriers that uh, constrict us from allowing that freedom to happen, allowing that creativity to happen because we care what others think again, which is probably a good thing for society and civilization 
but for creativity and becoming uh, excellent at anything or in business or financially or whatnot, there has to be that sort of risk in order to get that reward. Mm-hmm. Um, I read too that scientists recently discovered that jazz musicians, when they're improvising, so when they're when they're playing notes that aren't the music, they're they're improvising. Everyone knows, I guess, what that means. Uh, they turn off an area in the brain that links to self censorship and inhibition. So it's turned off. So when they're improvising, they are just freely feeling what they want to play and they're not worried. There's no time for the worry of, is this the right note? Is this the wrong note? Um, and they become very much like, like children. Uh, Mm -hmm. and I found that fascinating in terms of music. Um, and I've always been able to see that in great musicians, this sort of like almost their eyes roll back in their heads. Right. And they're like just in it and they're playing and uh, for me, some that plays music, that's never really a thing. I, I'm a little bit more, I don't want to make a mistake. There's inhibition. I do what's comfortable. I'm a very calculated with, uh, my, my playing. Um, and that's just who I am. But uh, I think that's a, just a huge point too, is, and like you're saying, um, this sort of, you have the blinders on, right. To, to what could go bad. Mm-hmm. So here's maybe an interesting direction to go with this is with social media, finding the balance between caring what other people think about what you put out and not caring at all. Right. I think that's a bit of an art form because if you take it too far and care about what other people think in terms of your posting or your editing style, I think one of two things happens. One, you either get so nervous that it affects the quality of your work or you end up posting stuff that's, that's not you, right? And not true to your art form. Or the other thing that happens is I think you cater. You cater to the populace. And if that gets out of hand if you grow so much you you'll lose yourself mm-hmm. and i feel like i bet you there's a lot of artists or content creators maybe is a better word who are out there who are almost maybe sick with themselves inside i mean could you imagine blowing up to i don't know pick an arbitrary number on instagram 100,000 mm-hmm. okay and just feeling like a total fraud with yourself because everything you created was for other people and not even what you wanted to do. But hey, yeah. you got a hundred thousand. Wouldn't that be tragic? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think it would eat at you. I know it would eat at me. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather sit and stay at a number, whatever it is, knowing I'm being true to myself and that a select group of people who I vibe with is like, that's cool. And I think that's the balance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think that is the balance of, and that's what, you know, the children can teach us. The children can teach us, um, that sort of carefree, true expression of who they are, right? That's, that's the most beautiful thing about it. Like they are, they don't have the story. They don't have like the story attached to what everything means. Is it good or is it bad? No, they, no, they just, it hurts now, 
It won't in a little bit. And now I'm good. Like there's no, there's no sort of carryover from all the junk, all the junk that's passed down from parents, from grandparents, from society, from, from any of that. And that ability to be that pure and take that into what you're saying, Seth, of, you know, expressing an art form that is truly you and not attaching to this is good art. This is bad art. That in itself is a ridiculous statement that anyone's like, I like this or don't like this. Okay. Like it, it, that's just complete. We've talked about the four agreements. That's completely other people's story and, and seeing things through their lens. So if it's true to you and it's meaningful to you, that should be the point of art, the expression of art, the expression of your photography, whatever that may be. And I think that children's ability to not take life so seriously, is just like the, the, the final lesson or the concluding lesson of like how lovely it is to, Hey, this is, we, we have a moment in time, you know, we, we get so worked up about relatively very little things when at the end of the day we're we're surviving and we're hurling through space on a on a rock and who mm -hmm. knows what's going to happen tomorrow and we're freaking out about um i don't know i don't know like it's just the anything almost anything that we're freaking out about is in the scheme of things stuff that a child would never even consider now, again, we don't want to be too childlike and not pay our bills and not care about uh, the electricity in the house and, and those sorts of things. Uh, but to be able to go into that childhood brain and say, hey, uh, I am getting my blood, my actual blood pressure is raising uh, because of the vet bill that I just incurred. Okay. Like, Am I going to be missing this $500 in a year from now? No, no, like relax, relax. Of course we do anything for our dogs or our pets, whatever, but you get my point. Any bill. I just use that as an example. Uh, we can get so worked up over these things. So I think again, you know, watching that carefree sort of, I'm not going to take life too seriously. Let's have some fun. Let's be creative. Let's dig into creativity without worrying about uh, someone's going to say, I'm not being serious enough. I got to, I got to go study and do my homework. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, let me, let's, let's dig into some of that. Let's make believe. Let's jump around. Let's, let's do some things. Let's right. take pictures with the camera upside down. Might be dumb, might be dumb as shit, but let's give it a try. <laughs> let's go outside and, and slow down the shutter speed and sling the camera around and make blurry photos. And maybe that's freaking beautiful to you and you love it and you want to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're afraid like, oh, your shutter speed was too slow by some nobody on Instagram, uh, then you are locked up and like completely just keeping yourself safe in these walls that you've created. And that's my point. Yeah. Right. You feel me? I feel you. And I think I'll, I think I'm going to dive a little bit back into my story about when I was getting into photography. Do um, it. I I was just awful. Like absolutely horrible. Some photos that I took back then are like laughable. Um which is obviously 
part of the journey. But I remember in in college, university, whatever you want to call it, um, you know, you still kind of have you're still in touch with high school buddies and and things like that. And you know, my my crew, I was a I was a hockey player growing up, and and my crew was, you know, um, kind of like athletic people, jocks maybe, um, mm-hmm. where stereotypically, you know, tend to put you know, artsy or creative people down. Right. And I struggled for a long, long time with posting my work, worrying about, you know, them making fun of me. Right. Right. And it got to a point to come full circle to some of the, the topics we've covered in this episode where I just liked it too much where it overrided me giving a shit. Right? Yeah. And a couple things went through my mind. It was, it took a while to come to these realizations, but it was, you know, if people are going to say and treat you like that for, for doing what you love, do you really want to spend your, your, your time with those, with or on those people? Like why mm. give people who don't, respect you the gift of your time you know there's a there's eight billion people in the world you can always you're always going to meet new people there's always new friends coming into your life like do you really do you why care right why care about what those people think so that was a really big stepping stone and realization for me you know six seven years ago um and the other thing was almost out of spite it was I love this so much that I'm going to become so good at it that you can't make fun of me. Mm. Almost using, not, not looking for validation, but almost, uh, like a fuck you guys. Yeah. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. choosing to use what could be all poor me and feeling down on yourself as a, no, like I'm going to make something of this and I'm going to fight through some of the noise in my head and worry of what other people will think of me for me, like doing it for me as yeah. a, as a personal journey. Right. And like, and it, you know what? And it's sometimes people who, you know, are in your ear or chirping you or making fun of you. Where are they now? Where are those people? What are they doing? They you know? were, they're probably caught in the current, right? And it, it just goes to show how many people go through all of school and college and career to undo it all. Mm-hmm. Relationships, marriage, career, to undo it all around 30 to 40. People say it's their, your, your midlife crisis. I argue it is your, your ripping off the mask. You're ripping off the, this is not me. I was doing this for my parents. I was doing this to not be made fun of. I was doing this because I thought I was supposed to. I was becoming this because my grandfather really wanted me to. Like Mm -hmm. all of those things uh, that you kind of tear off and go, no, like this is not me. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do that at a young age and Mm -hmm. keep, keep with it and to say, oh, does this resonate with me? Is this aligned with me? Am I in alignment with my values, my morals, my beliefs? It's very hard. It's very hard. I work in a middle school. It's the hardest. Right. It's the hardest. 
You have a you have a group of the I'm using quote fingers, the coolest kids, and they're all wearing the same damn outfit. Mm-hmm. What's cool about that? But they're the cool ones. But no one can be an individual. They all have to have the same exact style going. Because, because if you are an individual forming your own identity, doing awesome things, trying to make it on your own, that is a threat to other people. And when other people feel threatened, they will do and say what they feel about themselves so that you feel that same way. And I think when you understand that, that what people say and do to you in a negative way is a direct reflection of how they feel about themselves, you develop a level of empathy for those people. You know, for me, it went from, oh my God, I, I, you know, it's painful what these people think about me, or I'm worried about what these people think to me. To I feel sorry for you, right? And mm-hmm. I think that switch is important. I think that switch is really, 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 really important, and it's necessary to launching you on your way. I mean, we yeah, talk about man. crab bucket syndrome, right? What crab no. bucket syndrome? Like eating crabs? Have you ever like heard Maryland? of this? Have you ever heard of crab bucket syndrome? Is this the the Canadian um, the Canadian lobster joke? No, this is a real thing. Oh, this is a real thing for people who who want to look into this. If you Google crab bucket, hmm. it's a real um, real experiment. If you put a bunch of crabs, I think we mentioned this on the show. If you put a bunch of crabs into a bucket, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. If one is on the top about to escape, right, it's about to get out of the bucket, the others grab it and pull it back in so it can't leave. What? It's a real, real phenomenon. Look it up. On purpose? On purpose. Saying you can't leave if I can't. And that is what those kinds of individuals I'm describing about Mm -hmm. are talking about do. If you can't, if you're going to go do it and I can't, I'm not going to let you. And that's what people who say negative things about you and try and hold you back are attempting to do because it threatens them and their inability to go the same route as you or to find the same level of uh, direction and motivation as you. You're threatening people's character. And when you understand that and see it for what it is and I guess become awake, you're unstoppable. You really are. Yeah, and I I always like to dig deep, deep, deep to biological. What you know? What's the what's the reasoning when we were as as much as animals, uh, you know, in caves and in in villages and like what what would be the reasoning? And I think right. a, a group of people, if you have an outlier that's you know expressing themselves and singing loudly and dancing on the on the fringe of town uh and there's predators around or other villages that mean you harm you're gonna want that person to shut up right like you're you're gonna you're gonna try to knock them in line just like the the runt puppy gets a little bit beat up or the puppies get beat up for biting by the mom they they rough them around to to say like hey no that's not how we act like we don't act like that that's gonna get us into trouble stop it Stop it. Or that's a super attractive quality. Or that. Which could potentially pull other people from your tribe to go follow that person, to go mate with that person, to do whatever. Yeah. 
It's and just, so you're th- it's threatened. You're threatened by people of that nature. For sure. For sure. There's this it's very interesting that sort of mob culture and just the assimilation of like, oh, that person's wearing that. I need to wear that. Like no, no self-thought. And it could be flattery, it could be, you know, um, what's it imitations the highest form of flattery uh it could be some of that as well i think there's a lot of aspects to it i guess to get back to where we were that freedom that a child has to sing in public and not be like oh someone's gonna make fun of me or uh they're gonna think i'm bad or my voice isn't good enough none of that goes through their head they're just kind of doing their own thing which is beautiful for them to find their own thing and to to discover it as we're an adult those here, I kind of, I think I put it together for myself as a child to be able to have that freedom. You can attempt many, many things, arts, music, schooling, reading, math, whatever, and just go for it with this free, careless abandon and see Mm -hmm. what sticks, what you really care about. As you get past that critical period, uh, you talk about all the time, that critical learning period of being a child and like learning an instrument uh, at, at a very young age is way easier or a foreign language or anything mm-hmm. than if you tried to pick up piano at 30 years old, it's going to be way more difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now on top of that, you have this sort of inhibition of like, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to embarrass myself. Is this a waste of time? All that negative talk that kids don't have. They're not like, oh, I should be doing my other things. I should, uh, oh, this is a waste of time. Why am I, why am I playing piano? No, they're just like, oh, I like piano right now. I want to play it. Mm-hmm. Like that's it, you know. Um, so that th- there is that balance, but it's a beautiful. Spend time with children, and you will you will just see how they approach the world, and it is a beautiful lesson. And like, oh yeah, I got to get back to that a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit at the very least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like it. So let's end on this for individuals who might be listening or saying, yeah, I maybe care a bit too much about what other people think. What's your medicine? What's my medicine? Ooh. I have some thoughts, but I want to ask you first. uh, Yeah. I always like putting pen to paper when I have conflicting cognitive dissonance when i have cognitive dissonance i like to put pen to paper and say it it makes it clearer to be pure in your intentions like what what do i want and why okay just just that boom 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 boom. (laughs) the next step you look at that and you say okay what are some action steps to get there and then you say i'm going to start doing these it kind of removes that voice from coming in. If you're writing it, there's a theme. All right, what are the what are the pros to me picking up photography? Okay, that uh, I, I want to have a social media presence. I want to uh, express my art. Um, I love nature. I want to be out in nature. It keeps you very focused in the why you want to do stuff. If you're just thinking it, why do I want to pick up photography? You quickly can go into that's oh, I don't know, I don't have the money for that that's a stupid idea I'm not no who am I, who do I think I am like you immediately can sneak in the the negative thoughts on top of any positive thoughts that you have it just makes it easier to to keep it very focused and what you want to do 
So from that, you can see your action plan and from that action plan, sort of saying like, okay, I'm going to, if I really do want to do this, I'm going to take this action plan and I'm going to, what's the worst case scenario? Then I like to go on the other side and say, worst case scenario. Uh, my friends make fun of me. My athlete friends make fun of me for picking up a camera. Um, some photographers critique my work and, and put me down. I don't like the work that I'm doing. The learning process will be hard. This will be expensive. Then you look at those and you go, okay, uh, what's going to change my life if any of those things happen? Someone doesn't like my work? Okay. That's not that's that's up to me to not be offended by that and not take that like so mm -hmm. so hard that it, mm -hmm. it crushes my dreams they're allowed to not like my work i don't like other people's work why can't they not like my work that's fine mm -hmm. okay next one. Oh, money all right yeah this will be expensive but i love it and i want to invest in it all right that's cool and i don't um, need the best gear right away yeah um i won't like my own art or it's going to take a long time to get better yeah that's everything by the way <laughs> that's say. everything in the world yeah so okay all right, so the worst case scenario is not that bad, and that frees me up to be more of a kid and just go after so this. So for you, it's slowing down and preventing that negative self-talk and avoiding yeah, those limiting so. self-beliefs just by slowing it down, it sounds like. Slowing and, it down and, and, and dissecting mm -hmm. and avoiding that runaway train, which is yes. what we're trying to teach here, right? Yes. Right. Yes, that's right. why we're here. And... You know, my, my medicine was sort of similar and I was kind of chuckling when you said the keyword why. And, you know, I say this all the time on the podcast and you bring it up too, is that spend a week asking why to everything you do, it'll change your life. Like everything. Why do I want to do this right now? Why don't I want to do this right now? Why am I upset? Why am I happy right now? Um, why, why, why to every single thing? You might go crazy, but after a week, you'll know yourself more than you ever have in your life. I promise you. Yeah, Seth, I just, it's funny. I just had a talk with someone and I came up with something. We were talking about like diets and, mm -hmm. and whatever, like eating healthy and, mm -hmm. you know, drinking less and all that stuff and how it makes you feel and blah, blah, blah. But I went into, have you ever, she was, uh, the person was like, oh, I'm going to do this for a month. And I was like, have you ever done a purity cleanse? And I kind of made it up as I was going. Um, but the point was, I was like, I, Write down, write down everything that you are dependent on or rely on, you know, a glass mm -hmm. of wine at night. I have to run three miles a day. Coffee. Um, yeah. Um, I press snooze nine times uh, before I wake up. Um, I need a morning shower. Uh, everything. You know, I, I go to work. I, I, I drive the same way. Like everything that you rely on throughout the day. When I come home, I, I shove my face filled with snacks because uh, I'm starving because I tried to eat healthy all mm -hmm. morning. Uh, everything that you do and then really attach the why next to it of like, what am, where's why? that behavior coming from? Right. Why is that behavior there? Why do I feel like I need a glass of wine when I get home from work? What is that correlation? And you can find out so many things just by asking that. Why do I need a glass of wine every night when I get home from work? Because work is mm -hmm. stressful. Is work stressful every single day? Yes. Maybe mm -hmm. I need a new career. Boom. Yeah. Like yeah. you can find out so many things. Uh, why did I press snooze on my alarm uh, nine times? Why? Because I'm tired. Why was I tired? Because I was editing in bed till 2 a.m. Why did I do that? Because I'm addicted to productivity. Why am I addicted to productivity? I'm filling mm -hmm. a hole with something else. 
What is that yep. something else? You know, you're your own therapist at this point. Yes, you can really unpack a lot of stuff. Even I but heard you this see once. the train, right? Uh huh. I heard this once and it, it blew my mind. When if you set your alarm for 6 a.m. and you're pressing snooze two, three times, you're starting off your day lying to yourself. You're starting yeah. off your day with a lie. You said you were going to get up and you didn't. You set an alarm for 6 a.m. Now, it's a harsh example, maybe. Maybe you understand you can't get up like right away on one bell. So you need two bells. Um, but the, the no, point but is kind saying. of still there. Like you're you're setting an intention, 6 a.m., and you're you're allowing you're allowing the the snooze button to be a thing to support your inability to wake up and your inability to 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 complete a contract that you have with yourself it's albeit a small contract but every morning if you're kind of failing at the first thing it sets your day off in a certain way even subconsciously you know, every time you set this unbelievable standard of a diet or exercise routine and you don't fulfill it on day one or day two or day three, you have this sort of conversation with like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. So think back to the point of, you know, having reasonable goals, asking the whys, figuring out your yeah. behaviors, figuring out what they're feeding, what they're doing and, and act like a kid and sing and sing. Why? Yeah. Why is so good, man. It's the best thing you can ask. Like for the alarm mm -hmm. an example, why did I press snooze or why did I set an unrealistic expectation for myself? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, fascinating stuff. Fascinating. Ask yourself why for a week, every chance. What a good, you what a good convo stuff. Yeah. I like this one. Seriously. Oof. I want people to do that. Yeah, me too. Find out. Not just him. I do too. Do yeah. it. You're my dog having puppy dreams? Listen. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in. Yeah, sweet, sweet dreams, everyone. Huh. Oh, Aaron. Yeah? We have to do TPM artwork. Big shout out to Likely to Wander for Fixie. this week's TPM artwork. The Swan. I know this one stood out at me because uh, in Grand Bend area, I, don't, I know you don't know where that is, but people in Canada, Ontario will, the tundra swans come every winter and there's thousands of them. And uh, this made me think of that. And yeah, I love, was... I love hot and cold pastel backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, I saw this photo myself and before I even knew she had tagged this and I'm so mm -hmm. glad she did because uh, I was like, this is incredible. This is just the view, the lighting of it. It, it seems like it is like staged. It's incredible. Cool composition um, too. It's a, yeah. going with our episode bold to cut off a lot of the bird, but it works here. Oh, it's a, it's amazing. And Dixie right? is such a cool uh, woman. She's so nice and friendly. I've had many conversations with her. Um, so I am, I'm a big fan and, and really happy to see this photo be our uh, TPM artwork of the week. And you know what? A swan. You, you, you gotta, you grow up from the, what's the story? The ugly duckling and just didn't <laughs> quite fit in, right? <laughs> and yeah and 
but the duckling was doing its own thing. It was confident and never stopped and then blossomed into this beautiful swan. Wow. It came what full a story. circle. Full circle. <laughs> awesome. Unbelievable. Photo. Yeah. Awesome photo. That's at Likely to Wander. Check out her work. There's lots of swans there recently. She yeah. just like swans. Um, lots of other stuff eagles, foxes, right up there with wildlife, the high caliber wildlife shots. So thanks for, for sure. being this week's TPM artwork. And remember to submit everyone else for your chance to have your artwork featured on Spotify. Yeah. Well, everyone, have an awesome, complete day. <laughs>